What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! 1500 ESPN's Beer Show is on the air. Presented in part by Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, and Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Now, alongside Mike Fratelloni, here's Chris Reavers. That's right, it's Thursday night. That means it's beer show night right here on 1500 ESPN. As always, you can find us online at 1500ESPN.com. My name is Chris Reavers. Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Herbert and Garden Stores. He is normally by my side. He will be back again next Thursday night. Manny Hill is here. What's up, Manny? What's going on, brother? So, uh, the beer show... We do a lot of things. We get to talk to cool guests all the time. We get to hang out with our friends from Elevated every single week. Me and Fret shoot the nonsense and whatnot. Um, but I have an idea, all right? Because this is talk radio, okay. and the antithesis of talk radio is the people. And I was thinking, you know, oftentimes I'll get emails after the show because a lot of people listen to us via the podcast, thanks to Podcast One online at 1500ESPN.com as well. Um and it's the nature now currently of the business where people aren't always listening to you live. So I'll get great suggestions on, hey, Reavers, try try this beer. Uh, I got it from X, Y, and Z in, in you know Oregon or whatever. And that's how often I, I find out about cool new brews. So I, I want suggestions from people listening. I like the idea. You know, because I, 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 there's great beers out there that even the guys at Elevated who are paid to pay attention of mm-hmm. what's good that's out there right now. Might so not know about. We're going to do something a little different, too. Now on the beer show. Time to find out what's on tap. It's 6 o'clock on a gorgeous Thursday night in summer. 651-646-8255. I want to know what people are drinking right now. Because I'm thirsty, damn it. Yeah. And I can't have a beer until after 7 o'clock. And, and it's hot. It's right. hot outside right now. It's a nice day. It's a beautiful day, but it's hot. So when it's hot outside, all you want is a beer. Literally, I want to know what people are drinking right now or and or give me a suggestion on something that I should try or something that Manny should try. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, Reavers, I don't know what you're into. <laughs> I like everything, Just pretty much. everything, yes. I'm, I'm not as much of a bitter fan as like the mayor is, Joe Souchere, or Johnny Height, who's also a big-time bitter beer fan. I don't like it as, I do like it hoppy, mm-hmm. but I don't like it as bitter with that sharper aftertaste i know a lot of other people do but you know what i've been shocked before by people that have had uh other suggestions that of of a beer that initially i didn't think i would try let's just do this 651-646-8255 welcome to the beer show who's this it's mike fratelloni reavers (laughs) (laughs) i knew i knew you couldn't resist i had to listen because i'm gonna go have some heineken's no, I'm not gonna have. I'm gonna have some great IPAs. Okay, because you tonight. are the man that claims that Heineken was really the first gateway to show sophistication with the man. I don't think you get it, Reavers. When you ordered a Heineken at a bar back in 1989, mm-hmm. you were mm-hmm. like a, you were the one percenter. You were the top of the tops, baby. And when did that run end? Do you think? Not that Heineken's by, by not 1990. Oh, just okay. About one year. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's till I really realized that no one cared what kind of beer you had at the bar. So it was maybe just me thinking it was cool. But all right, so it's a hot summer day. It's after six o'clock in the summertime. The the few days left of summer here in the great city of Minnesota. What is Mike Fratelloni, co-host of the world's number one rated beer show, enjoying right now? Well, right now I'm going to a charity event with some of our mutual friends for 
veterans that have pain. Okay. And I'm sure they're going to serve some great IPAs there. I don't know what they're going to actually have, but I'm wearing a suit. And you know what sucks about 86 degrees and wearing a suit? You sweat. Just about everything. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a fun night. So we'll have fun. We'll let you get back to it. Talk, drink some good beer for me tonight. I will, buddy. I, I think this we might be a little well hoity I might just have a Miller Lite here. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you. There he goes. Mike Fredlin checking in as he normally would. So Mike, had, Mike uh, is a big state fair guy, and we always talk state fair, and it is hard to believe that Two weeks from today, yeah, we will be sweating our you know what's off <laughs> at the Great Minnesota Get Together. But to be honest, this show is so much fun to do out there for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the state fair, mm-hmm. but it's just it's a fun, festive atmosphere, and we always get to be kind of like the pre-show party for the the, the grandstand shows every yeah, single yeah. Thursday night. So it's a blast. But I got this email from Tim, and this absolutely floored me by the way people do still want to call 651-646-8255 i will take suggestions or if you want to email it's just beer at 1500espn.com but this email from tim manny absolutely floored me minnesota monthly magazine kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit on what the minnesota state fair vendors really make during the 12 best days of summer you know we always think oh they're just they're out there grinding and it's 12 days and they we talked to Daniel Gary about this at Back to the Fifties mm-hmm. not that long ago. He says, "Hey, this is this is go time for me. The, the, this twelve day stretch, this is my money making time." Even though he's put his heart, his soul, his financial backbone into every facet of that great restaurant at the, at, on the state fairgrounds, Sweet Martha's Cookies is the top vendor. What would you say they made for for the twelve the twelve day run that they would have? Uh, at the Minnesota State Fair. Oh boy, I'd say probably it would probably like a half a million, wasn't it? About five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's not a bad guess. At least four or five hundred thousand dollars. Sweet Martha's Cookies is the top vendor with four and a half million dollars in sales in twelve the, days. The fair gets, and by the way, I'm not bringing up these numbers to rip. I'm bringing up these numbers to show just how awesome. And great the state fair yeah. is. So the fair, the state fair, gets 15% of a taste on every vendor's gross sales and 18.5% for those that sell beer. So the state fair alone is going to pocket 650 k from Sweet Martha alone for the 12-day run. My goodness. Uh, Giggles Campfire, this is again a, is according to Minnesota Monthly Magazine, Giggles Campfire is the second largest vendor, uh, but what's kind of surprising is that his beer sales on this particular list are much larger than his food sales, and that's because I don't remember if you were a part of the show back then when they did that expansion because we kind of did a beer show outing uh, over at Giggles, which is kind of you know up past Machinery Hill up I there. I think that was probably before. Okay, yeah. So they they because uh, the, the the restaurant alone is fantastic mm-hmm. and then they opened up kind of a back patio with a giant atrium and it's really really cool in fact we went there to watch the gopher football game that was the same night as the beer show mm-hmm. so and it was all just devoted to craft beer because there's just so much of a demand now for craft beer at the minnesota state fair and sure. beer in general yeah um okay so giggles did $625,000 in food sales last year, but they almost made a million bucks just in beer sales. Woo! 
So, and it also My says, goodness. it also says here that the beer sales at Giggles was up 42% in a single year, uh, largely because of the dill pickle beer. And I remember having that because remember he stopped by, yeah. he stopped by the booth because he wanted all of us to try it. And it was great. But that's, that's the game that's being played. And when we had the guys on a couple of years ago from the, the, the guild, uh, t- because they do the great spot with all the craft beer in the egg building over there. You just knew that the game was being changed big time, whether it's our buddies at the ballpark cafe. I mentioned O'Gara's Mancini's, you know, they all have to play this game there because the demand is, is just, is just super high. It, it is just amazing. I, I think it just really speaks to how far, like just the craft beer industry oh, yeah. has just advanced just in the last handful of years in Minnesota, where it, it is, it is a major, major, major deal at the state fair now, and and that just that just speaks to the industry and how far it has progressed and grown over the years. So, according to this again from Minnesota Monthly Magazine uh, at the Minnesota State Fair, beer sales have exploded ever since the fair got rid of the three point two beer only limitation that was just ten years ago. Yeah. Three hundred different brands are now sold at the state fair. Five different vendors, including Giggles sell more than $900,000 in beer. Giggles said that a 20% net profit margin was realistic, meaning that each of those vendors is making about $180,000 in profit just on beer sales alone, (laughs) which is absolutely, absolutely incredible. And what I find interesting about that too is 10 years ago, you know, we're talking 2008 because I remember when I first started here at Hubbard, I started in 07. That was my first state fair with this radio station doing daily shows out at the Minnesota state fair. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, Oh yeah, there's like a spot over here that I think we can get a beer or a spot over there. Because when you're done with your show, you want to grab one and walk around you're already there. So why not enjoy the sights and the sounds? Right. And I remember thinking it was very limited. And then all of a sudden (laughs) here came all the vendors knowing that, wait a minute, uh, we can sell this now and make a whole bunch of money. So it's pretty cool to, to see those numbers kind of in motion at the state fair because folks it's coming it's two weeks from today i can't believe it before you know it it will be the first day oh man so that's 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 unbelievable but when you put those numbers into perspective and i love it though because remember we got the dan from the ballpark cafe comes over every year Mm -hmm. we hang out and then he went and showed uh the operation of how they rotate the kegs how they go because they're going through product after we just laid out the numbers you know, the, they gotta they gotta cycle in and cycle out, and they need all these people to work. In fact, one of the figures I saw here, I'm trying to find it. Oh, here it is. Uh, another figure that was really surprising is, and this was just on Giggle, so they must have sat down with these guys to kind of right. to give this to give this uh, information some accuracy. But yeah. another surprising fact is that Giggle spends nearly twelve thousand dollars just on admission tickets each year because every employee and every worker need a ticket. For every day that they work at the state fair, yeah, well, and and I mean, when just it's like that, us, we yeah, do, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and it's when it's that in that high demand, you need that many even employees. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that makes sense. That is wow, man. So, given that we're going to be there in, in in two weeks, Manny, are you already getting some of the cravings built up? Because I, yeah. I I'm already I'm already ready. I'm to mad go. at you because now it's just like I I I yeah I can't wait for this now. This what is going just the fair like this, oh, okay. this, this whole thing is going to be. But is there crazy. but is there anything in particular because. We are so close to the deep fried ravioli, the toasted ravioli. And I tell myself, okay, (laughs) Reavers, try to show at least a little bit of self-control. 
don't have it every day, just go there. Maybe hit, maybe first day. Hey, it's the first day of the fair. Let's do this. See, I'm contem- and I'll have a little bit, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, I've had this six days in a row. I'm con- contemplating like becoming a vegan for like the next two weeks <laughs> just before the fair. Otherwise, like because I'm gonna eat like a hog right. once once it starts, man. Like I'm gonna, you know, because well, the last couple of years that we've been doing the ride out there, yep, I'll go just across the way. To the fries, like mm-hmm. every day, I'm yep. getting a, a big cup of fries. Mm-hmm. And, and then you know who doesn't we help? Got, by and the we way, we have the fried ravioli right behind us. You know who doesn't right help? Behind our booth. Bleeping Roycey doesn't help either. No, I'm going to buy a sandwich and then comes back with four for everybody. Yeah, it's what really we love. Have some of this. It's what we love yeah. about him. It's like, right. damn it, now I got to eat this fantastic sandwich too. At the Sometimes same time, I'll get there, you know, an hour or so before the ride starts, and. I'll look over in in the back room, and there's a big bucket of Sweet Martha's cookies. Oh yeah, and I'll see Rook sitting there, and Rook say, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, have some of that." <laughs> so whether we, we whether we want to admit it or not, it's coming, folks, and yep. it's not going anywhere. We're going to step aside for just a brief moment. We're going to come back with our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, and it's time to do the weekly beer run. Don't touch that radio dial. This is the beer show. Beer, beer, beer. This beer, is the beer show. Beer, the most wonderful drink in the world. Fifteen hundred ESPN. This is the beer show. Let's go drink some beer on fifteen hundred ESPN. B double E double R U N beer run. The only thing possibly more important than what beer you're drinking is where to get it from. It's Let's make a beer run with the guys from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. As fifteen hundred ESPN's beer show now continues. That's right. It's time to kick off the weekly beer run right here on the Beer Show on 1500 ESPN online. You can find us at 1500ESPN.com. And that's when we welcome in our friends from Elevated to Beer, Wine, and Spirits, the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities, folks, at uh, in South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd and in White Bear Lake at 4th Street and Highway 61 in downtown White Bear Lake. And Ryan is here this evening representing Elevated. How are you, yes, sir? I'm very good. How are you? Getting some sleep now, you know new what? dad? Yeah, yeah. yeah? Uh, here and there. Okay. Uh, we'll put it that way. That's but, good. But for the most part, getting the hours. I, what did I tell you? It's the worst job you're going to love, man. It, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. You know, uh, Carter, my son, is only a month old, and it, it'll be a month, I think, tomorrow. Um, but it's impossible to imagine life without him. So no? I mean, when people tell you this stuff, it sounds crazy before you have kids. But Let me tell you, it was it was kind of one of those slaps in the face where I'm like, oh my God, William's going into first grade. That's what, crazy. What just happened? That's crazy. And then, and then the other people are like, well, enjoy this time because it just keeps going by faster and faster and they're 100% right. Anyway, uh, so what we do is we highlight uh, a brewery uh, with this segment because you guys do such a tremendous job. I was just in your store about a week ago and it's just amazing walking into your store, seeing the selection and your staff is phenomenal. And then I always just say, I want to try something new. I want to try something yeah. fun. You know, let me know what I need to do. And you guys do a really good job. I mean, there's of so that. much of that right now. And and to, to credit our staff, even even for me too, you know, I, I'm spending more and more time, unfortunately, in the back office, less time on the floor, less time seeing these beers come in. So I have to lean on my staff just to find out, you know, what's happening, what's new, what's mm-hmm. hot. And they do such a good job even walking me through it. So uh if you if you are looking for you know those those new uh, seasonal beers? You know we're we're fast quickly approaching 
uh, Oktoberfest, which right. I know you love, Chris. And, I do. And a lot of them are hitting the shelves already. Or even, you know, some of the great summer seasonals that are still out there. Stop by either the Minneapolis shop or the White Bear shop. Say hello to the staff and they'll uh, they'll hold your hand through that process. All right. So an odd question before we get to our featured guest here that I want to ask you. Are, are, are we in that season where, because oftentimes, what at least from... From my naive perspective, looking at how the seasons change as it results to, or as it relates to beer, what I often see is everyone wants to be the first one to get that new season. But I always view this time of the year as people still maybe kind of want to cling to the summer beer yeah. as long as they can. And I don't know if it's a Minnesota thing because we know what's coming. Um, but but I again, as you mentioned, I still love Oktoberfest style beers and fall beers, but. Is that the I think, one? I think it's one of those things where like, the you, season you we're in right now. You really don't want to be the first, but there's always going to be someone that's the first to kind of just like sure. take everybody off. It's like the the first back to school shopping commercial. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's July. You know, give me a break here. But uh, I think you still have to time it uh, on the you know the front side of August, just because a lot of these beers, especially Oktoberfest, they need to go before they're even really in their true season, right? So. You don't want to see Oktoberfest on the shelf in October, unfortunately. You right. just you want to be through that. Otherwise, you've got an issue. So they they have a very small window to sell these beers. I personally usually don't, usually don't have my first Oktoberfest until I'm at the fair. Like, I'll stop yep. over to John Liney's yep. Lodge and, yep. and have one there or something to kind of kick it off. But that's not that far away. Are you seeing you. the consumer, though, kind of act that same way? Or is the they consumer like to, wanting to be, I got to have the first one because it's out and it's new? I think I think there is always going to be that, hey, you know, I got to get it because it's it's available, right? But there are a lot of people like yourself that want to kind of cling cling to those summer beers a little bit longer mm-hmm. and uh, and don't want to don't want to get into those fall seasonals just right yet. on. So uh, we mentioned that we highlight a special brewery uh, during the segment every single week and uh, introduce the guest this week. Sir. Yeah. So uh, first time for this brewery on the beer show, but I've been a long fan of this brewery. Uh, we've got Funkworks in studio with us. Nice. Dan Parker's here right now. We're actually going to be doing a, a call in with uh, head brewer and, and co-founder uh, Gordon Shuck as well shortly here. But these guys, they're out of Fort Collins, Colorado, making incredible beers. A lot of saisons and, and farmhouse styles. Awesome, Dan. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you. Uh, so, talk to us uh, and talk to the listener and myself included because I'm not familiar with Funk Works Brewing, but I'm curious, as I always am when I when I do this segment with Elevated or when I walk into their store. Walk us through the history. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Funk Works. I guess our story starts, and I, Gordon will probably reiterate a lot of this. Um, uh, starts like a lot of breweries uh, have started. A couple of guys get together and and decide that they have a passion for brewing and 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 bring it together. So um, Gordon actually started off as a home brewer and he ended up going off and winning a whole bunch of medals uh, with his high quality saison, including a national homebrew competition gold. Um, so then he went on to attend the Siebel Institute for for brewing science and uh, along with the other co-founder Brad and. Um, Brad has kind of the numbers background, Gordon sure. with the brewing background. The two of them got together and said, hey, let's make this thing happen. So cool. about nine years into the game now. Okay, so you said nine years ago. Yeah. So about 09-ish. Uh, 2009, yeah. Okay, so when when you're opening up a brewery in Fort Collins, Colorado, <laughs> it's tough sledding and tough, tough competition, I've got to imagine. Or is it a case where, much like here in the Twin Cities, there's a a real general sense of camaraderie without with throughout a lot of these guys that are either getting their foot off the ground or helping to support the new guy. Is it is it much similar in Fort Collins, Colorado? Absolutely, yeah. The camaraderie out there is, is fantastic. I mean, even since Funkworks jumped on the scene, there have been just a slew of new breweries in, in a small town like Fort Collins that pop up and, and relatively across the board, they're all making fantastic beer. So obviously you got the, the two big guys in New Belgium and Odell in town and, and they're very supportive. Um, but Funkworks really sets itself apart in the fact that it does, it has 
a whole different niche that's that's not going. We're not going up against like the new Belgiums and the Odells of the world. Sure, um, we are a saison Belgian sour brewery, so we really have a kind of a, a specialty niche that we fit into. All right, so uh, let's bring in Gordon into the mix. Gordon Shuck uh, with Funkworks Brewing Company. Welcome to the highest rated beer show in the free world, sir. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> uh, we're good, we're good. So we were kind of just, uh, Dan was walking us through the history uh, of the beer show really quick, but I'm, I'm curious uh, to get your perspective on a Funkworks Brewing Company, sir. Um, well, you know, we started out um, kind of focusing on Saisons back in 2010. Um, kind of expanded out to Belgian styles, ours, you know, kind of a, a larger... Um, Belgian portfolio, but yeah, that's kind of our roots. Um, we don't do kind of the IPAs or that kind of stuff. Um, you know, that's kind of our niche. Yeah. So the, the marketplace there, uh, Dan was kind of laying it out how the camaraderie is very similar to that here in the Twin Cities, where you know guys are really rooting for each other. And I've always said it's 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 interesting to see the dynamic kind of play out where. Guys are genuinely rooting for one another and kind of helping everybody uh, either get off the ground or continue to thrive. And that's one of the things that I've really always genuinely appreciated about this industry as a whole. Yeah, it's really a an industry where everybody is wanting to help everyone else out, um, trying to help everyone make better beer, and just kind of growing the pie, you know. Um, craft beer is kind of a small part of the greater beer you know, industry. Um, so we all want to kind of grow our, our, our niche. Um, and as long as we are all kind of help each other out, make better beer, you know, it keeps growing. So Dan did uh, bring in a couple of bottles that I'm seeing and I'm, I'm terribly unfamiliar with your brewery, which is why I'm excited to have you on because I want to learn more about funk works. Uh, lay us out kind of the portfolio that you guys have. So back when we first started, we knew we wanted to concentrate on Saison. So, I I hope he brought the uh, the original stays on. Oh yeah, he label did. There. It's sitting about yeah. three inches from my face, and unfortunately, I have to wait till seven o'clock when the show's over to be able to try some. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, that basically put us on the map. Um, you know, we before we even opened the brewery, we were test piloting uh, batches in my backyard, trying to figure out exactly you know what we wanted it to be. And we really pared that recipe down to really the bare essentials. Um, it's not a complicated recipe, but really the key to it was getting a yeast that could really express kind of the the peppery notes, the fruity notes um, that we wanted in that beer. So there's no spices or anything, no no uh, other additions like that. Um, it's all yeast derived. So. That was the first beer we came out in 2010. Um, we won a silver medal at GABF in 2011 and a gold medal in 2012 and 2017. So, so that's all um, that beer's won? That's a shame. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to do better. <laughs> Hey, so Gordon, this is yeah. this is Ryan from Elevated. Uh, you know, we have a couple shops here that really focus on craft beer in the Twin Cities. Uh, we were really excited to get your beer. Uh, what was that a, a year or two ago now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was about a year and a half ago. Yeah. So, how does that work? You know, you guys are nationally known for these for these beers that you produce, and when you're making a selection to go into a new state, what goes into that, and and how, ultimately, how did you come to decision to to come to Minnesota? 
Oh man, um, my business partner would probably know that better. I I'm kind of on the, the the brewing side of things, and Brad handles kind of the negotiations there. But I think it really came down to um, knowledgeable beer drinkers. I know Minnesota has a really good um, craft beer kind of base there. Um, you know, there's a lot of knowledgeable people. They they might know what a saison, or they'd be willing to try a saison. So that really affects, like you know, whether or not we go into a state um, because we're, we're kind of a niche player, um, and we kind of are are piggybacking on uh, you know a lot of the bigger breweries have, that have really laid the groundwork um, and exposed people to craft beer. You know, the Surleys of the world, uh, New Belgiums, that kind of thing. Gordon Chuck is the co-founder and head brewer with Funkworks Brewing Company. He is here on the Beer Show, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You know, Ryan touched on it a little bit, but I'm curious, you know, Gordon, as, as a brewer, you know, you've got to always kind of pay attention to either whether it's a growing trend or popularity or just creative habits. Where, how do you walk that fine line of trying to find something new but also trying to pay attention to what consumers want? How, how much of a fine line is that? Uh, you know, we, we never have done well kind of trying to hit a market or trying to hit a consumer with, with a certain beer. Um, we tend not to really play that game. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype. Um, you know, one year it's, uh, you know, session IPAs next year it's hazy IPAs. you know, so we, we try to just make the best beer we can. You know, I, I feel like um, if I'm inspired to do a um, kettle sour beer or um, something kind of off the, the radar of other people, you know, I, I'm just trying to make something that's really good beer, um, well-balanced, and, you know, hope that the consumers come to us. So I'm also curious. I love I love getting guys like you on the show and kind of finding out, you know, what what's your history, but also what are your interests? So, what was the beer that got you hooked on this industry and made you want to come down this kind of creative path and then ultimately owning opening up your own brewery? What was that one beer that got you hooked? Well, I was in the bike industry for bicycle industry for about 14 years. Um and I, would, I used to race a little bit and do that kind of stuff. So I wasn't really into beer. And then a friend of mine who I raced with, um, he came back from Austin. He's like, oh, I, I, you got to try this beer. It's called Celis White. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, and it just kind of blew my mind. I never had a beer that kind of tasted like that. And that was the first kind of inkling of like, hey, you know, beer is a lot more than your typical American lager. Um, so yeah, that really got me into craft beer and, and started to kind of decide, okay, maybe I'll try and brew some beer. And the first beer was trying to recreate that, that beer. So that's really the, where it started for me. So Gordon, with this, uh, provincial series, you know, we were sampling it in the, in the green room and it's been, you know, turning a lot of heads here in the twin cities, uh, with that fruit that you, uh, that you add, and maybe we could talk about, you know, some of those, uh, those, those variants, uh, it, where do you source those, uh, those fruits from? I, I know they're fresh and, and they definitely come across that way. Uh, is that something that's locally from Colorado or? No. Um, and the quantities we do, we, we really have to kind of source, uh, you know, a, uh, 
commercial product. So we use a, a puree, a fruit puree in that. Um, that way we can kind of order it, um, get it in, but it's still close to kind of a fresh fruit flavor. We've tried different um, ways of making that beer. We've tried, you know, concentrates and that kind of stuff, but it really didn't have that freshness to it. Um, and so we really have settled on purees. And most of them come out of Oregon. Um, Oregon Fruits does a whole bunch of purees. Gordon Chuck is with us uh, from Funkworks Brewing Company. Uh, you did mention the Saison. I want to hear some other beers that you're uh, pretty proud of at Funkworks. Uh, well, the second beer we ever um, came out with in the tap room uh, was Tropic King. And, and that was kind of just trying to make a bigger more multi version of our regular saison. Um, and so I wanted a, a beer that um, was very light in color and um, displayed the uh, New Zealand Reikau hops that we use in that. Um, so anyway, on brew day, we, we got in the brew house and my business partner, Brad, was milling in for me. And he comes in and looks at me and goes, ah, oh, you know, the last few bags of Pilsner were Munich. And I'm like, oh, no, you, you destroyed the beer. Come on. Anyway, it turned out great. And, you know, those bags of Munich stayed in the recipe from then on out. Um, but that's a really kind of great beer. It's, it's very fruity. The New Zealand hops have a great peachy kind of mango quality. Um, and it really blends in well with the yeast um, that we use there. How many great beers do you think, and I'm not just limiting it to you guys at Funkworks, but if you had to take an educated guess, uh, Gordon, on how many great beers were probably developed by complete accident, what would you put it on? <laughs> I would say 50-50. <laughs> but, but you know what? That's, that's part of the creative process. And it doesn't even, that's not even necessarily as, a, as it relates to beer. That's in all walks of life. Right. That's how most things are created and or invented. Yeah, you gotta you gotta embrace those little moments of serendipity that just happen. You know, um, some of the the worst beers I made are the ones I plan out everything. You know, <laughs> and sometimes you're better off just kind of going with the flow. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and so you were mentioning that the 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 saison, the original saison, is is kind of your guys's flagship, um, and the fact that you guys haven't been in this market for very long, Ryan, and you you guys were mentioning about a year and a half. To, to grow in a market like the Twin Cities, is it one where you have to stay consistent and constant with, with a flagship, or do you really have to burst onto the scene with, with something new and something creative? How does that process work? Uh, you know, it's, it's a hard one. Everyone wants to know what the, the latest and greatest beer is out there, so it's really hard to um, constantly have new beers coming out and keep the quality up. Yep. Um, so we try to have our flagships, our, our go-to beers, um, and then, and, you know, occasionally we'll do a seasonal and just trying to make those few seasonals we do special rather than it's always kind of coming out with something new. And so one of those seasonals we were, we were tasting a little bit in the green room there was the uh, boysenberry provincial. You know, um, he keeps bragging about this, Gordon, because he knows <laughs> I can't try anything until after the show. So he's, he's technically rubbing it in my right. face. Well, we'll save some for you. But um, 
but this beer, this is only available in the in the sampler pack. It's uh, what is it? Uh, Winky Snack Pack. Is that where, that's that's yep. the name of it. Yeah. So that is that one of those things that uh, you feel uh, is is a good way to kind of get some of these limited release beers out there is through that sample pack to get people to try them. Exactly. Um, it it kind of gives us a chance. First, we start with our tap room, and we kind of try different things there because we can do that on a smaller scale and get feedback from customers directly. Um, and then from there, it may go to a seasonal and, and become a snack pack kind of beer or maybe a, a full seasonal release, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, we, we usually use the snack pack or the 12-pack the as kind of like our, our little testing ground for new beers and, and see how they do. So, Gordon, I want to ask you, and this might be a bit of a loaded question for, for you to answer, but where do you see the craft beer business going as a whole? Um, because I know the, the, the number one question that I always get asked doing this show, and trust me, I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about this industry other than doing this show and talking to knowledgeable knowledgeable people like you and like Ryan and Dan. But where do you see the craft beer industry as a whole, whether it's the evolution of it here in the United States, in the market like you guys in Fort Collins, Colorado, where do you see it heading? Well, I mean, that's a hard one. Um, I know for the last few years, everyone's kind of worried about the bubble um, and you know, we tr- we just try not to um, get ahead of ourselves, get overextended, um, should things start flattening out. But, you know, I've been talking about the bubble for like <laughs> three or four years now. Mm-hmm. And it just seems, I think things have flattened. You know, we're not seeing the double-digit growth that we used to, but, hey, 5% a year is not anything to sneeze at. Um, I think people have got to realize that this is normal. This is kind of like... Uh, the way the, the market's probably going to go for the next five to 10 years. Um, you know, single digit growth, more competition. And, um, we just need to make sure that, uh, it's not a doggy dog world and, you know, it just a race to the bottom. Gordon Shuck is the co-founder and head brewer of Funkworks Brewing Company. Gordon, thank you so much for making time for us. And if people want to find out more information about you guys and where they can locate your beer and everything Funkworks Brewing related, is all that information available online? Yep, uh, www.funkworks.com um, or Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was a treat. Great. Thanks, guys. You got thanks, it. Gordon. Thanks, Gordon. There he goes, Gordon uh, Shuck with Funkworks Brewing Company. That was awesome. Yeah. Straight from the horse's mouth. I love that. I know. It's it's always cool when we can have someone on the beer show that is, is brewing these beers and, mm-hmm. and has uh, that, you know, that inside knowledge into what goes into them. You know, are, are you guys good on time? Because I have a few more qu- follow-up questions as it relates to kind of the, the industry as a whole and that market size. Is that cool? Yeah, well, yeah as long on. as we got beer here. Right? <laughs> there he goes, rubbing it in my face again, you jerk. And I'm just kidding. We'll step aside for just a brief moment and be right back. This is The Beer Show. I can get you buzzed. I can get you smiling. You're tuned in to The Beer Show. Yeah, I can fix them. On 1500 ESPN. Final segment of the beer show right here on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com. Uh, Reavers, uh, Manny Hill, our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Ryan is here, and also Dan from Funkworks Brewing Company here in studio. I'm curious, and I know I, I, I'm always kind of fixated on asking questions like this, but I'm always just genuinely curious. The Fort Collins Colorado market, okay, that which is where you guys are located. Correct. How big is it in relation to the Twin Cities? Like, what what kind of market size are we talking? 
Uh, it, it's it's a, a fair amount smaller than the Twin Cities. Okay, because you guys are far enough away from the Denver area, correct? That yeah, about you're, an hour and a half. Okay, so, so the reason I'm going to ask this is there's so many fantastic breweries in that market. You guys were mentioning Odell, New Belgium. But then, unlike here, where we have, you know, Surly, Summit, you know, we've got some big hitters in this market, too. We don't have the giant elephant in our backyard like you guys do. So how does that market sustain growth with a number of really good breweries like you guys as opposed to the Twin Cities market? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. With those those two large breweries um, in in town, there uh, they definitely kind of control the show, um, without a doubt. I mean, it's you got you got New Belgian bars, you got Odell bars, sure. Um, but as you talk to to Gordon uh, as well, the camaraderie, I guess, and then the the just the pure enjoyment of craft beer in that town is is massive. Um, so people aren't going to just settle on one. Um, and since we came aboard or since we came online, there have been so many new breweries that have popped up um, and they're making great liquid in that town as well. And so, you know, like I said, we, we fit into this really unique niche where, um, you know, we are doing saisons, we're doing Belgian inspired beers, we're doing sours, we're doing a lot of barrel aging, um, which those breweries do dabble in as well, but we're just doing things I think a little bit differently. So how many States are you guys in right now? If you had to ballpark it, you know, about 25, 30, 75, I'm just kidding. I think it's about eight or nine right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty. That's a that's a pretty good uh, net that you you guys are casting out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. And we we find great success in in our um, our out state markets, specifically Minnesota. Minnesota uh, just absolutely kills it for Funkworks. We uh, cool. we get things in Minnesota that don't leave Colorado. Really? Um, because we do so well here. Absolutely. And that's because of the as 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 Gordon was saying. The education level of this beer market has a lot to do with that, I would imagine. Absolutely. And there seems to be this weird connection between Colorado and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's just because people like to ski on real mountains now and then, so they, they travel down there or, <laughs> or whatnot. But um, there there is this like really great kind of um, relationship between Minnesota and Colorado. And, and so we, we've got just had a great reception here. Um, and I think that our products really do fit something in this market that a lot of um, breweries aren't doing. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the provincial series, for example, and it, it's hard to find a really, really um, cost-friendly, high-quality, real fruit um, kettle sour uh, every day on the shelf. And so that's one thing that we really bring to the table that I don't think a lot of breweries are doing. Yeah, I think you guys have inspired some breweries around town, too, with this provincial series. And the fact that you guys do this exclusively, really, well, not wholly exclusively, but mostly these farmhouse and, and saison and, and kettle sours, um, that's just not common. We don't see that a lot in the Twin Cities. You know, they're they're dabbling in these in these yeah. beers, but they're not they're not kind of going at it full bore like you guys do. Yeah, and you'll find some really cool examples of, of kettle sours or fruited beers or even saisons uh, to a certain extent in this market. Um, but yeah, nobody's I think really focusing like Gordon, to reiterate what Gordon said. We're not going to run around and make a bunch of different IPAs to assuage the market. We're not going to see the, the the calendar turning and go and throw a stout down for no reason unless it's going to be one of our awesome barrel aged Belgian stouts or something mm-hmm. you know fun and kind of cool for us. Um, so yeah, we, I think we find a really unique piece in the fact that we are doing it very specifically and and we we keep focus on that. Dan from Funkworks Brewing Company is here in studio, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Ryan, I want to talk to you. As a guy that puts this beer on your shelf, um, I always I know the answer to this first question that you you do get people that are going to come in and say, "Hey, do you have X, Y, and Z brewing? Where can I find it?" But do you get people that ask for a region? 
So in other words, will you get will you get someone that walks into one of your two stores and said, you know, I'm from the Fort Collins area. Do you have anything that's that's from that that part of the woods? We've we've had those questions in the past. I feel like generally that's related to you know someone that maybe is moving. They they have a son or a daughter that's going to a university out there, or okay. something like that, where they're sure. like, hey, you know, we want to put together a six pack that that has all these different Colorado beers in it or Fort Collins beers, whatever it might be. So mm-hmm. we do see a little bit of that. Um, I don't think that consumers, uh, unless we're talking about local, like our local. Minneapolis, Twin Cities, even, you know, the greater uh, state of Minnesota, we don't see people really like needing to get California beers or needing to get Colorado beers, but they definitely are attracted to what Minnesota is doing. We see a ton of that. So that's, but that's been really, you know, Mm -hmm. cool to see as well that we're getting that kind of support. Well, because I know that me personally, and I'm pretty much guessing that you're the same way that when you travel somewhere, if you go to Colorado, if you're going to Southern California, when you're there, you want to sample the local flavor yep. and be able to try things that you're probably not going to be able to get in this market because yeah. I, I, I'm wired That's that exactly way. That's exactly it. People want to, they want to be able to talk about something that, you know, their, their friend or their, their, their family member can't get. Right. So mm-hmm. if you can just go to Elevate and get that same beer from Southern California, it yeah. probably means less. So I think when people, when people travel, yeah, they want to seek out those things that are, that are otherwise tough to get. It's just like any of these rare beers, same kind of thing, right? It's sort of bragging rights and and good uh, beer discussion. All right, so we have a couple of different bottles that are sitting in front of us, and yeah. I know a couple of them were already mentioned, but uh, for those that maybe just be tuned or just tuning in right now, you're, you you guys have been mentioning this provincial series. Yeah, absolutely. T- discuss this a little bit more. Yeah, so our provincial series um, started off as so. Uh, what it is is we do uh, what's called kettle souring. Um, it's it's a differentiation in sour beers from the barrel aged sours, which derive their bacteria and other uh, wild yeast from the barrels that they're they're aging in. Uh, we are specifically inoculating with the strain of Lactobacillus um, to create a, a nice, um, easy going, uh, sour tart edge to our beers without making them like pallet stripping. Uh, the provincial series has taken that even a step further by adding these real fruit, this real fruit to it, um, and so that's where we've really seen, uh, especially up here in Minnesota, the the market really cling on to to the provincial series is the, these different fruits. Uh, so raspberry is our year round. Um, we always have that around. It's, it's my best seller in this market right now. Um, but we always like to change things up and do fun things. So pineapple um, is sitting here in front of us. We've had that out for a little while now, and then boysenberry. Um, which it, nobody really knows what a boysenberry is. Uh, so it's kind of intriguing, I think. What, what the hell is a boysenberry? Well, actually, I, <laughs> um, in preparation for that question, I did Wikipedia it. Oh, uh, good for you. Attaboy. Attaboy. <laughs> um, apparently, it's uh, they don't actually know the blend, but they think it's like raspberry, blackberry, loganberry, and dewberry, like kind of like crossbred. So, huh. yeah. Hmm. What is it? What's its origination? Is it? Is it used to make a pie? I mean, what I don't, I don't. It, it looks kind of like a maroon blackberry, um, huh. essentially. So yeah, some guy with the last name Boysen. Um, sure, probably invented from. it. He did. It was it legitimately. There's, I'm sure there's like a family that like cool. just sits off boysenberry residuals. Oh yeah, <laughs> like the state fair as we were mentioning at the beginning part of this hour. Anyway, yeah. so I'm sorry. I yeah, yeah. You. So, but like boysenberry, um, you know, the, we were talking to Gordon. This. Is, really shows up only in package in our, our mix pack, our Winky snack pack. But um, Minnesota, actually, like I was saying, we, we do really well here. Uh, we're going to be getting some boysenberry draft around town, too. So Cool. Yeah, that's one of those things where, you know, we're really lucky to get it here, and it is that exciting thing that you can talk to your friends about that they probably can't get in their market. Well, what's cool is these these provincial beers are are so balanced, right? I mean, I feel like it's 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 definitely something that someone that doesn't drink a lot of sours could could drink and enjoy, mm-hmm. and it's someone that absolutely loves sour beers can drink and enjoy. Are these year round too, Ryan? I mean, am I seeing this? Well, we've got uh, 
Do we, do we have any year-round provincials right now? Ras- raspberries, raspberries only year-round, but okay. the others rotate. You know, we're talking about boysenberry, pineapple uh, is another one that that's available soon. Is that correct, or is that available? Pineapple, pineapple's been out for a while? That's been out. Um, right it'll now. still be hanging on for a few months. Yeah, yeah. And then we're also talking about a hopped-up provincial down yeah. the pike here too. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a very special one too. That's going to be coming again. In, um, I believe uh, we're the only market outside of Colorado to be getting that one in package. And so that's, that's awesome. Very yeah. for that. So these all can be found. Well, not all of them, but two of the the four we just discussed, the pineapple and the uh, I'm sorry, the boysenberry and the raspberry are available right now in that mix mix pack, yep. which also has your white ale. Correct? That's correct. And it also has the saison. So you get four different beers, three of each. And that's uh, an incredible deal, I think, for for what you're getting in those beers. Yeah, and I think the the White Ale, uh, to go back on what Gordon was talking about, is actually really special for him. Um, this is actually a new beer for us, and it's we're first releasing it in this snack pack. But as he he stated, the one that really got him going was Celis White, and um, it took them, you know, up until now almost nine ten years to to really develop the recipe to where they wanted it to be. And so we're really excited to bring this white to the market and, and um, you'll see, you'll see a bigger launch of it, I guess, come next spring. But uh, right now, yeah, it's in that winky stack pack. So we're kind of teasing the market with it. So here we are late in the game and I didn't even mention the fact that you guys are having a tasting, by the way, uh, a double beer show featured tasting with yeah. our friends at yeah, Funkworks. We're, we're going to do one at each shop again this weekend. It'll be Minneapolis on Friday night from five to seven and then White Bear Lake on Saturday, three to five. All these beers from that winky snack pack will be available to try and we'll have some Tropicking as well. Uh, you have to come out and try these beers. I mean, they're they're so good, and again, they're so balanced. When you think about fruit, sometimes you think sweet. When you mm-hmm. think about sour, sometimes you think, like Dan's saying, you know, enamel stripping. But yeah. these beers don't have that. They're just so, they're they're right in the middle, and they uh, they just play so well. So well, take this opportunity. Here's why I, I will back you up on that, because what I'm starting to discover is that was the beer that I first really, that got me kind of into craft beer, that style that you were just discussing. But... The sophistication of the hop, and listen to me sound like I know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> but seriously, the sophistication of the hop now has become so good and so balanced that, yes, it can have a fruit quality to it, yep. but you're still getting some pretty damn good hoppy beer. Yeah. I mean, again, hoppy and bitter are not the no, same thing necessarily. Not right? the you same can, thing. You can, they, you can have one without the other. So, uh, And then the same thing goes for these sours. You know, They don't have to be overpowering there there are plenty of sour beers like this provincial provincial series that that uh are, are really well balanced and very approachable yeah because beer's getting really good it is and what's, <laughs> what's so great about Funkworks, you know gordon mentioned it dan mentioned it these guys really have uh found their niche they've, they've perfected their craft and they're not they're not kind of changing with the winds of uh, sure. consumer fickleness right you mentioned like, that yeah, yeah you're right so, so that's that's really important that we have these types of breweries out there because if everyone's just kind of hopping from one hot beer to another and not really perfecting anything you know we don't really grow the overall scene so i i'm you know i'm i'm for I, I feel fortunate that we have funk works in this market if you do go out to fort collins definitely stop by their tap room you can make it part of that that whole series of, of tap rooms that you can visit what do you uh, need about five days to do all of them in fort collins i didn't like depends on how aggressive two, you are yeah, <laughs> we, were moving, we were really moving uh but it's one of those things that you have to do and and, right. and and funk works need to be part of it you know and you were mentioning too folks this is an excellent opportunity Ryan just doesn't throw bouquets at a brewery if it's not legit and if it's not worth your time. And again, he mentioned it from 5 to 7 p.m. on Friday night in in Minneapolis and 3 to 5 in the afternoon in White Bear Lake. It's your chance to try a really really great craft beer and do it for free. Yeah, and that's, that's the key, right? I mean, there's so much to try right now, so it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, pony up cash for a beer you've never heard of or, you know, a style that you may or may not like. So 
great opportunity to just know that this is something you're going to appreciate. And the provincial series, uh, you might have mentioned. I forgive me if you did, um, but but is this a limited time? Are we going to run out of this? Is it your uh, talk? Talk to us about the timeline of the provincial. Yeah, series. absolutely. Uh, the series is not going anywhere. Got uh, it. Provincial will be here. Raspberry is our year round. Um, it is it is leading the charge for me right now. Um, Cezanne will be year round, Tropic Kings year round, but the, as far as the other provincials, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see some spikes and some different flavors, but we'll always have the series. That's really cool. And it, you know, when you, when you, as Ryan was mentioning too, when you have something really good, stick to it and make, make it the best, right? Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's rare these days and, uh, and they're, they're doing a great job of it. All right. So, uh, we got just a couple of minutes left here, Ryan, take this opportunity. Uh, you guys do an excellent job of highlighting great craft beer and you do have a wonderful couple of uh, outlets to do so on social media and things of that nature. Yeah, we do. So, you know, I, I say this every time I'm on the show, check out our Facebook page for our new brew release. Every Thursday, I believe, is what they're doing in White Bear Lake right now and in, uh, on Friday mornings in Minneapolis. And this is like this is the easiest way for you to kind of see what hit the shelves, what's available in the market this week. And uh, again, as we get into the seasonal changes, uh, that's even more valuable because you get to see when some of these Oktoberfest, these pumpkins, these these browns and these stouts and all these amazing fall beers that enter our market are hitting the shelves. And even more so for these really rare beers that are are being produced by the, you know, the Dreckers and, yep. the, and the Black Stacks. And you you need that relevant information. Without it, it's hard to really kind of stay abreast of what's going on. So check out Facebook for that. Twitter, of course, uh, we'll put it up there too. Instagram more and more. And of course, our website, elevatedbws.com. And you know, I, I fall into that category because oftentimes I'll walk into your store, I'll, I'll hear about 10 different things that I heard on the show. I'm like, oh, I got to try that, I got to try that. And I get in the store, I'm like... Oh, I forgot. And then I have to go to somebody right away and ask a question because like, oh God, here comes Reavers again, asking a really dumb question. But but I'm kidding because your staff is phenomenal. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, and as you, as you mentioned too, always check out the Facebook pages. Always check out Twitter. You guys do a wonderful job of uh, pumping all that stuff out on social media. And, uh, and it's fun. It's fun for me to be able to meet guys like Dan, talk to guys like Gordon, and now I'm going to say I want something from Funkworks because I want to try it and I want to be part of the you know, the ongoing party that is craft that's beer. That's the fun of it, right? It's not always just about the beer. Of course, you want the liquid to be good, but it's great when you get to you know understand who's making that beer, who's representing yep. that brand. All that stuff comes into the equation. I know for me as a consumer. So elevatedbws.com. Yes, sir. I will. Uh, I'll see you at the fair next or next time I'm on. Two we'll weeks from fair, today. Yeah. I cannot believe <laughs> I can't it. Wait. Uh, Dan, give us that website one more time if people want to find out more information about Funkworks. Yeah, Funkworks.com works with an E F U N K W E R K S. Awesome. Thanks for coming in, man. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Beer Show. If you missed any portion of the program, please go online and check out the podcast. You can find it online at 1500 ESP. Com, also available on Podcast One. We love to hear feedback too. Shoot us an email, beer at 1500ESPN.com. For Manny Hill, for Mike Fratelloni, my name is Chris Reavers. We will chat with you again next Thursday night. But until then, cheers.